0: ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. So I want to go to the book of 2 Corinthians tonight in the 12th chapter, and we're going to look at Paul's, we're going to start tonight looking at Paul's thorn, Paul's thorn in the flesh. And the reason I'm starting with this one when it comes to the yeah, buts, because that's what I'm calling this. Yeah, but what about, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? The reason I'm starting with Paul's thorn is because that's the one the devil likes the most. So I'm going to get to him tonight. I'm going (laughs) to... Oh, the devil loves this. You can travel to any corner of any continent in the world, preach divine healing, and somebody will say, yeah, but what about Paul's thorn? And... uh... It's amazing the devil didn't mind getting that message out, but he did mind getting out about Jesus stripes. <laughs> so we look, well, let's actually look at what Paul said and uh, let's just see what God actually says about it. And what Paul said here in second Corinthians chapter number 12, let's start in verse one Verse uh, 1 of chapter 12, 2 Corinthians. It is, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. In other words, it's not to my advantage. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, um, sometimes I've heard people say, they've, they've quoted that and say, I'm going to believe God for that. Paul was saying, I'm going to believe God for visions and revelations. That's not what he was saying. He was saying, let me tell you about the visions I've had and the revelations of the Lord. You have a right to have revelation from the Word, but you don't have a right to, to see a vision of Jesus. You know, the Bible says, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Now God might do something, God does things like that. He might do something like that for you, but it's not scriptural to seek it or try to say, I'm gonna believe God for that. Now here's the reason why, it's because Satan will accommodate you. You'll have an experience all right, but it might not be God. So he said, I will come or let me, let me tell you about, and other translations are bringing it out that way, visions I've had and revelations of the Lord. Paul had many of them. You go through the book of Acts, and I think you can find seven that he told about in the book of Acts. So he said, verse two, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up into the third, the third heaven. I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. Now, many theologians, in fact, most of them agree that Paul's talking about himself. He said, I knew a man. He just said, I knew a man in Christ, verse 2. But they believe he's talking about himself. He said, I was caught up to the third heaven. And then in verse number 4, he said how that he was caught up into paradise. So you might wonder, what's the third heaven? That's paradise. That's where God, God himself is. That's the third one above the first one, which is the air, which then above the second, which is the space where the planets are and, uh, and the stars. And then the third one's where God is. If you kept on going out there, you'd eventually run into God. <laughs> Actually, he's already here too, but you understand. <laughs> Amen, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Um, So he said how that one, verse four, how that he was caught up in the paradise. And that's uh, another word for heaven and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, uh, some translations say that uh, rather than unspeakable, inexpressible, some translations say, which are not according to other translations possible for a man to utter. He wasn't saying that it wasn't lawful, meaning that it was illegal or something like that or that God didn't want him to say it because everywhere he'd go, he said, I have things I want to say, but I need utterance. Pray for me that utterance would be given unto me everywhere he went. In other words, he he received revelation when he went up there and had that experience, but it was hard to put into words everything that he experienced and spiritual things are that way. You know, I haven't I haven't been caught up to heaven, but I've had experiences in God, where uh, experiences on this earth. You know, sometimes whenever a person has an experience, their spirit gets caught up. But um, I haven't had that, but I've had occasions where here on this earth, my my spirit stayed here, but I had experiences in God here. You know, and uh, whenever you're whenever they're done, you just how how do you explain? how do you, you can tell people and they'll go, wow, that's wonderful. And then they'll say, hey, you want to do something? You know, and you're thinking, oh, you know, just, you didn't get it, you know. And so you don't even want to share it, you know, because it's hard to express. It wasn't just uh, words that were spoken. It was what was imparted. Something came into your spirit, you know. And uh, so that's what Paul means when he says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Things things from the Word can be brought to us, brought to our spirits, and God can by the Holy Spirit do things. So he said, I was caught up and he said, I heard unspeakable words, inexpressible words, the the Greek actually says, which is not possible for a man to utter. Well, that's the reason he said, pray for me, that utterance would be given unto me. Amen. 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 Now, um, see, he could talk, preachers can talk. You found that out but he didn't want to just talk. He wanted things, pray for me that utterance would be given. He didn't want to just speak, he wanted something to be given. Oh, I love it whenever you, I've been there preaching before, where it feels like you're just sort of standing beside yourself listening to yourself talk because, and while you're talking, you're thinking, I need to go back in the office afterwards and write that down. Now you don't always tell everybody that. See, if you don't say so much, they don't know so much. They think you knew all that for years, you know. <laughs> um, so thank God for the Holy Ghost where utterance is given. You know, God can have a minister saying something and all of a sudden he's, he's wanting to help somebody over here and he has them do, say something totally off, the, totally off the subject. And afterwards somebody says, He'd come up afterwards and say, well, that was for me. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. I didn't, never thought about it. Didn't know what, didn't know what God was doing, but knew he was doing something. Amen. Praise God. We ought to believe God for that. Yes. So he said, inexpressible words, which are not possible for a man to utter. Now in inarticulate speech, sometimes you could speak in tongues and you could try to express it that way, but uh, you know, that doesn't help anybody. So, uh, you know, God wants us to be able to express the things of the Spirit. And uh, by His help, we can do that. Now, verse 5. Of, of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Alright, so we're going to have to look at that word infirmities in a, in a few minutes, but we'll get there because it comes up later. Look at verse 6. He said, for though I would desire to glory, I should not be a fool. Amen. I mean, uh, pride will cause him to lose his grace. You know, down there later, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. I mean, of you know, he gives grace to the humble. So pride, he said, though I would desire to glory, we would say boast, I should not be a fool. In other words, I'm not stupid. I'm not gonna lose my grace because of pride. He said, I would desire to glory or boast. And uh, he said, uh, according to the previous verse, uh, of myself, he said, uh, I shall not be a fool for I will say the truth. I will say the truth, but now I forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be or that he heareth of me, praise God. How many of you know by the grace of God, we are what we are? Yeah. Paul said that and that's, that's just what he's trying to say here, he said that in another place. And then verse seven, he said, verse seven is really where it gets down to the rubber meets the road. He said, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations." Now notice that. So when he was caught up and heard these unspeakable words, which is not possible for a man to utter, he got revelations, abundance of revelations. That's what God uh, gave him when he was caught up. Amen. Amen. Now, let me say this. A lot of times people can study the Bible intellectually, but they really don't know God. Revelation knowledge is the kind of knowledge that really causes you to know God. Head knowledge just gets you nowhere. And that's true about healing too. You can fill your head full of facts. Well, Jesus, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, you know, that's the reference. You can quote every reference. You can quote it perfectly and not know it at all. Not have a revelation of it, you know. In other words, it's just logged in your brain like you would log 2 plus 2 is 4. Or something. It's not a mental, see spiritual things, revelation of God is is not a a natural thing. It's not important that it's uh, correct in your mind. What's important is your heart gets a hold of it. Amen. So he said, I was caught up and I received revelations. He said, lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. Notice that terminology. Through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He said it twice. That's the reason. Lest he should be exalted above measure. All right, verse eight. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, or three times, that it might depart from me. But he said unto me, no, no, That's what people think, that's what people act like he said. That's not what he said. He didn't say no. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. In other words, what I have given you, Paul, is enough for this situation. He didn't say no. People, you got how many of you got that? People say, well, God prayed, you know, and they'll, they'll claim that this was a disease Paul had, ophthalmalia or something like that. They always claim it's that eye disease, ophthalmalia, I can't even pronounce it, but some kind of disease, ophthalmalia, something like that. Amen. Amen. It's from somewhere else. It ain't from around here. But um, they claim that. And they say Paul had a disease in his eyes and he prayed that God would heal him and God said, no, I'm not going to heal you. That's what, people, that's what people think this is yeah, saying. Yeah, right. But uh, by the end of tonight, we're gonna blow that soul full of holes and prove that it can't be true because of all the things that Paul said and all the things that God said and all, you know, uh, just by the end of tonight, you'll just realize that can't be so. And we'll prove that. Now notice here, he said, I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, not, but he said unto me, and he said unto me." In other words, it wasn't, I asked the Lord, but he didn't do. No, it was, he he answered me and here was my answer. He said, the grace that I gave you is sufficient for you. He said, furthermore, he said, "'For my strength is made perfect in weakness. "'Most gladly therefore will I rather glory "'in mine infirmities.'" Notice that term, infirmities. Um, And uh, he said, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Amen. So you can see there, there's a lot of things just jumping out at you already, but let's go back, excuse me, let's go back to verse seven. He said, lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Now, people, they see that and they say, well, that's see, that's Paul talking about he had a, a thorn in his flesh meaning some sort of sickness in his flesh. But the term is used, the term thorn in the flesh is used throughout the Bible. I think I I know about three or four other times, but uh, let's go back and see what that term meant in other places. Would that be all right? Let's go back to the Old Testament. That's the main place where it's it's at. And let's go to, uh, in the Old Testament, Numbers 33. Would you go back there with me? Go back to Numbers 33. We're going to keep coming back here to 2 uh, uh, Corinthians, so we might want to put a pen or something there. Go back to Numbers 33. Uh, we could go to all these. We won't take the time to. Numbers 33 is one of them. We'll go to maybe two of them here, two or three. Numbers 33, verse number 55. It says that, but... If you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land, this is God talking to the children of Israel. If you'll not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you shall, those which ye ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Now notice he called, used that term, thorns in your sides. And he even used something else that Paul didn't use, pricks in your eyes. Now, he's not literally talking about something in their flesh. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a saying that we, something like we use, we use sayings that don't really mean exactly what we're saying. You ever heard somebody say, man, that person's a pain in the neck. Well, we know they didn't mean they had literal pain in their neck. You know? We know what they're talking about. And that's what Paul was saying. He was saying he had a thorn in the flesh, but he wasn't saying literally something in physical in his flesh. No more than this term, thorn in the flesh back here or thorn in their sides, I guess he said here, no more than it means that here. He didn't mean that, you know, Joshua or some Moses or some of those Old Testament saints that were going in to possess Canaan's land, didn't have a Philistine sticking sticking in their side. (laughs) Amen. And another Canaanite sticking out over here. Hey Amen. We know what they're talking about. In other words, he's just talking about they're going to cause you trouble. That's what he's talking about. And notice it was literally a person, not a disease or something like that. Is that all right? Now go back to another one, Joshua 23. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's amazing when you actually see what the Bible says. Joshua chapter number 23 is another passage that uses this and the uh, look the verse we're going to look at is the 13th verse. Joshua 23 verse number 13. It says that uh, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will be more or no more drive out any of those nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off the good land, which the Lord your God hath given you. Amen. Amen. Well, once again, it's not a sickness or disease. He's talking, it's plain from the context. He's talking about the Canaanites the Philistines and, you know, all the uh, Gergesites and the Jebusites and the, all, remember all the ites they had in there? <laughs> Termites and all those other ites. <laughs> but God said drive them out all the way out. Remember that? In other words, whatever you don't drive out all the way is gonna come back. It's gonna afflict you. And you might as well mark it down as true in your life as well. You know, whatever it might be, get it all the way out. I know if I have a relative right now that didn't get some things all the way out. And it they're, they're, they just jumped right back on them now in their later years, jumped back on them. I told my wife, I said, no, in, us, in our lives, we're just gonna keep on moving forward and pushing stuff all the way out, all the way, out, 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 out. <laughs> we're not gonna get lazy in faith. See, if you don't drive wrong thoughts all the way out, then uh, eventually they'll come back. Just get them all the way out and keep your mind on the Lord, you know, but so what he's telling us by this term, he's talking about people and notice go back there to second Corinthians. We could go to others in the old Testament, but go back to second Corinthians here. It's never the term thorn in the flesh or thorn in the side and there he said thorn in the eyes or however he says it, different places, different ways. Uh, It never means a sickness or disease. Here it's obvious he's not talking about a sickness or disease because he actually said what it is. Less verse seven, unless I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Then he said, what it was, the messenger of Satan. Everybody say the messenger of Satan. Yes. Now, what is that talking about? The messenger of Satan, literally the word messenger is the same Greek word translated many, 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 many times in the, in the Bible, uh, angel, same Greek word, angel. And this is not an angel of God. He called it an angel of Satan. Amen. Amen. So really in the the Bible it's translated 101, the word uh, messenger is translated 181 times angel and seven times messenger. Total of 188 times. And every single time it's referring to a being, not a disease. And he said here, this is the messenger of Satan. In other words, we would say an angel of Satan. Now, somebody said, that, was that God or Satan? No, remember that, for example, there's a verse over there in Matthew 25, 41. It says that hell was prepared, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's not talking about God's angels. It's talking about fallen angels, you know. So hell was not prepared for man, really. It never was, God's never plan, plan never was for man to go there. It's prepared for the devil and the demons. But uh, the, the word is translated angels, translated messenger, uh, it all means the same thing, and it never means a disease, it always means a personality. You realize demons are personalities, they're not in a body, in a physical body, but they are personalities, they're not just a force, they are you know, personalities, and they seek to afflict people. Um, so he said, I, I sought the Lord three times, but he said, uh, this, this was given to me. And the reason was he said twice, lest I should be exalted above measure. All right. Well, here's the question then we got to ask ourselves this question. What does it mean? Exalted. It now people have gone two ways. The people have said, well, exalted means pride. In other words, get into pride. Well, I have a hard time with that one. Let's, let's read it that way and see if it makes sense. Look at verse number seven. You got your thinking cap on tonight? he said, lest I be exalted or in the, above measure in pride, through the abundance of the revelation revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I get into pride. Let me ask you a question. Is Satan trying to keep you from pride? You haven't read your Bible if you think he's trying to keep you from pride. If it means Satan is trying to keep you from pride, then he changed jobs. He used to have a different job and today he's got a new job. Remember the Bible says not a novice lest being lifted up in pride. Don't don't give a novice responsibilities in ministry. Lest being lifted up in pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. What's that referring to? In other words, the way the devil fell, you go back to the book of Ezekiel and you go back to the book of Isaiah and the devil said, I will exalt my throne above the most high. Remember, that's how he fell is he got into pride. And he knows today that pride is, is, goes before a fall. And so he's not trying to keep you out of pride. He's trying to help you out and get into it. The thought comes to your mind, hey, I'm something, ain't I? And he'll come along and say, yeah, you really are. Yeah, really, whoa, yeah, you hot stuff. You, you big, you, you bad, you, you know. And he's gonna try to coax you over in there So I can't accept that one. How many of you are with me? Just come and just, just anybody that can go duh, can't say lest I be, lest I get into pride. All right. So this was not something from God. It was something from Satan and Satan didn't send it to keep him from getting into pride. Satan sent it because look at verse seven again, lest I be exalted above measure. How was he being exalted? Through the abundance of the revelations. Well, who gave him the revelation? God. Well, then maybe God was trying to lift him up. Sure, God was trying to lift him up. See, you you, you got got to get your mind renewed now. Some of you thought pride, pride. No, there's a difference between God lifting you up and you lifting yourself up. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you up. amen, amen. I'm not talking about pride. I'm talking about God will move you forward into more revelation, into more effectiveness, more more ability to walk in the light, more more freedom, more of everything. It's, it's not wrong to be lifted up. It's wrong to do it yourself. And it's wrong to do it your way uh, without God's help. God wants to lift you up. He wants to move you up and forward. And... Now, if you look through the Bible, there's different ways the Bible describes being lifted up. For example, this is just one. We could go to look at a lot of them. Remember, the Bible says uh, over in the Old Testament concerning uh, prosperity, he said, he, uh, he lifteth the poor out of the dunghill. That he might set him with princes, even the princes with his people. In other words, poverty is down low. That's right. Amen. Amen. Prosperity is when God lifts you up. Amen. That's Amen. Right. How many of you know nobody says, I'm, I'm, I'm up and high and doing good whenever they're broke and can't pay their bills? And, you know? That's one way, and you could look at a lot of different things, but um, being delivered by God's power from anything is being lifted up. For example, well, James 5, verse 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith to save or heal, Same Greek words translated, heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Well, some, I used to always think, well, because he's in a bed, you know, he's sick in bed, but they didn't say he was in bed. There's a lot of people sick and they're walking around. You know? <laughs> we just got to put a... I mean, we got to think a little bit sometimes. Prayer faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. So whenever we are healed, we're being lifted up by God. We're being what? Exalted. Being brought up out of low things. Amen. Remember over in Deuteronomy, it talks about the blessing of Abraham and it talks about it belongs to us. And he says, um, the Lord will set you on high above all nations, you know. Hallelujah, remember that? Praise God. I want to look at that. There's something over there I'm not able to grab. Let me me read it to you. Deuteronomy 28 is where it is. If you don't know where it is, just write it down. Deuteronomy 28, it says, the Lord will command the blessing upon thy storehouse. Amen. Uh, And set all thou sittest thine hand to Thou shalt be blessed in the land, verse eight. The Lord, verse nine says, He'll establish thee a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto thee. Verse 10, all the people of the earth shall see thee are called by the name of the Lord and be afraid. Uh, verse 11, the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of thy ground, the land which the Lord swore to thy fathers to give thee. The Lord will open unto thee the good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land. Bless all the work of thine hand. Thou shalt lend unto many nations and not borrow. Verse 13, the Lord shall make thee the head yeah. and not the tail. Thou shalt be above... Only, and not beneath if thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God. God always talks about whenever he does something in your life, he lifts you up. How many of you know when the devil does stuff, he's trying to push you down? You ever thought about the word depression? Depress, press. See, he's trying to push you down. Oppress is pushing down. Depression is never up. Depression is down. Where do they put you when they bury you? Down. (laughs) Your body, you know, goes down. (laughs) See, we just need to think a little bit. God wants to lift you up. All right. Now with that in mind, go back here to verse seven in first, uh, I mean, uh, second Corinthians, verse uh, seven of chapter 12. Lest I be exalted above measure. Above measure, if you look it up, means beyond the usual mark. In other words, yet lest, Lest, see Satan didn't want him because of this abundance of revelation to go beyond the usual mark. He wanted, Satan wanted to keep him from being so effective in the kingdom of God. Now, let me give you a little, little pointer here. What you have to realize is what he's telling us is Satan opposes revelation knowledge. He doesn't want you to have revelation of who you are in Christ. That is the revelation. Basically, that's the revelation Paul got is who we are in Christ. He talked about it all through his epistles. and he, he said, in Christ, we're accepted, we're, 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 we're blessed. The Bible says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's seated us in heavenly places in Christ. He's raised us up together, made us sit together. See, all those that was the revelation Paul got. And he got it out into the, into the script, pages of the scriptures, but a lot of people haven't gone to the scriptures and got it out of that scriptures and got it in their heart. Because Satan will oppose them. That's That's one thing I noticed as a pastor. Now look at verse 7 again. Lest I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. In other words, the revelation was lifting him up. And God gave him that so he could get some more things done in the kingdom of God. And spread the word. And uh, Satan didn't like the word getting out. So there was given unto me, Paul said, a thorn in the flesh, Satan is the one that brought it, the messenger or the demon of Satan, to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Amen. So that makes clear sense. Doesn't that make sense? And this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Now you can understand why Jesus said, what I've given you is enough. Because see, Paul already had the authority of the believer to deal with this thing. How many of you know, it's not scriptural. Think about it, it's not scriptural to go to God and say, Satan's really bugging me, do something about him. That's what Jesus is telling Paul here. What I've given you is enough. In other words, exercise your authority over him. Now, what was Satan doing? Satan was, the Bible says here, buffeting him. That's the the word Paul used, buffet. So if if it was sickness and disease, then it was sickness and disease over and over and over and over again. But the word buffet means to just pummel or do something over and over again. And so that kind of gives you another idea. It couldn't have been sickness. It was something that just kept, Satan just kept on bringing against him. Now, with that in mind, let's go back and um, let's study a little bit on what Paul did say about this demon and what he was doing. All right. How many of you want to think about some of this? Uh, in Acts chapter number nine, when Paul first got saved, Acts nine sixteen. We don't have time to go to all these. You'll remember them. You can write them down. Check me out. See if I'm telling you the truth. Acts nine sixteen. Paul was saved, and remember, he was waiting there three days praying. And then, or, I mean, Ananias, a man, a disciple named Ananias, came over and said, "Paul, you know, brother, brother Saul, the Lord sent me to receive thy sight. Lay hands on you, receive your sight, and be filled with the Holy Ghost." So he laid hands on him, and before. Uh, Ananias went over there, Jesus spoke to him in a vision and said, I want you to go over there and I want you to tell him what he's called to. He's called to bear my name before kings and before the Gentiles and show, I want you to show him that he must suffer great things for my name's sake. Well, you know, how many of you know not every word you get is one you like. But he got the word ahead of time. Heads up. So um, that was what he, Jesus told him from the very beginning. And let's just, without going to them all, because it would take a long time, let's look at some of the things, or just remember some of the things that Paul himself said happened. In Acts 9.23, he said the Jews were determined to kill Paul right after his conversion, Acts 9.23. In Acts 9.26-29, he was hindered in joining the Christians because they were scared of him. Acts 13.6-12, he was opposed by Satan. He said that, Acts 13, 6 through 12. Acts 13, 44 through 49, he was opposed by Jews in a mob. Acts 13, 50, he was expelled out of Antioch in Pisidia. They, They threw him out of the town for preaching. Acts 14, 1 through 5, he was mobbed and expelled from Iconium. They didn't like his preaching there. Acts 14, 6 through 19, he fled to Lystra and Derbe where he he was stoned and left for dead. Acts 19, 8, he he was disputing continually with false brethren. They were trying to argue with him all the time. Acts 16, 12 through 40, he was beaten and jailed at Philippi. Acts 17, 1 through 10, he was mobbed and expelled from Thessalonica. Acts 17, 10 through 14, he was mobbed and expelled from Berea. (laughs) Acts 18, one through 23, he was mobbed at Corinth. Acts 19, 23 through 31, he was mobbed at Ephesus, everywhere he went, amen. Acts 20 verse three, there was a plot against his life by the Jews. Some certain Jews said, I'm not gonna eat again until Paul's dead, Amen. amen. He was seized by the Jews, mobbed, tried in court five times, suffered other hardships. In chapter 12 here, um, in uh, this passage of scripture, we're here in chapter number 12, he lists some of these tribulations. If you go back to the, uh, actually in verse number 11, he said in verse, we could start uh, verse number 16. Verse, this is 2 uh, Corinthians chapter, tw- uh, chapter 11, verse number 16. I say again, lest any man think of me a fool, uh, if otherwise, yet as a fool receive me, that I may boast myself a little. That which I speak, I speak not after the, I, I speak after the Lord, but as it were foolishness in this confidence of boasting. Seeing that many glory after the flesh, I will glory, uh, glory also. You suffer fools gladly, seeing you yourselves are wise. For he's really digging at them. For you suffer if a man bring, unto you bond, bring you into bondage, if a man devour you, if a man take uh, of you, if a man exalt himself, if a man smite you on the face. I say as concerning reproach, as though uh, we had been weak, howbeit, Whereinsoever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they seed of the Abraham? So am I. Are they the ministers of Christ? As a, I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prison, more frequent. In deaths, often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night in the, a day in the deep. That's the, out in the water hanging onto a board or something, swimming, doing the backstroke or something. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the church folks somebody said I want to minister like ministry like Paul okay (laughs) I want to be cutting edge well I do too but believe me I enjoy going home and sleeping in my nice thermo whatever they call that bed I I like that but Paul man he went through stuff Everywhere he went. Go back to the sixth chapter. Well, we won't. Let's not go back to that. I'll just read some of the things of the sixth chapter. Um, well, let's go back to the sixth chapter, just so you make sure and understand yes, sir. what obviously Paul was talking about. In the sixth chapter, um, we find this. Actually, I'm sorry, I I was in the wrong chapter. Chapter number four, 1 Corinthians chapter number four. Let me just read this, verses 12 through 13. Being reviled, persecuted, defamed, made as the filth of the world and offscouring of all things to this day. So everywhere Paul went, and you can read all through Acts and read all about this. Everywhere Paul went, I'll tell you what the main thing was that happened uh, amongst other things, but the main thing was the devil stirred the Jews up. The Jews would get fiery mad at him preaching Jesus, that people didn't have to keep the law. They could just receive Christ and be born again and be right with God. The, the Jews hated that. Everywhere they went, they mobbed him, tried to kill him, stoned him, put him in prison. I mean, Paul didn't have a, you know, a nice, comfy life. He wasn't complaining, but he, you know, just trying to tell people hey. You know, what he's trying to tell people is you know, these young whippersnappers coming around preaching to you and you're following them rather than me. I'm the one that came there and started the church, you know. And I gave my, I basically died a couple of times so I could get to you. You Y'all to pay attention, Paul's saying, y'all to pay attention to me, you know, the proof. How many of you know when somebody's that dedicated, they're worth listening to? Amen, so you can see then, obviously, Paul mentioned everything he could except sickness and disease. Why is it that everybody takes it as sickness and disease when Paul went through the list and didn't even mention sickness but he he most about everything else you can think of If you would like more information about Pastor J Everly's ministry please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.